unveiled its list of the most searched celebrities of 2018, with Demi Lovato topping the list, narrowly beating out the second most searched for celebrity, someone to host the Oscars. Hey, now! Speaking of celebrities, I like end-of-the-year lists. Here's one that is, uh, in theory, I like live music. I don't ever actually go to any, but in theory, it's something I really like. What was the biggest tour of the year in the world? He's a ginger. Ed Sheeran. Uh, with $432 million, 94 shows in 53 cities, way ahead of Taylor Swift, then Jay-Z, Pink, Bruno Mars, then you get into the baby boomer stuff in the top ten, your Eagles, your Roger Waters, your U2, your Rolling Stones. Ah, uh, yeah. So, a bunch of youngsters followed by a bunch of oldsters. <laughs> no, no, no room for anybody in the middle. Right. Right. You know, and, and I'm going to piss everybody off here, but it's a bunch of pop fluff and a bunch of retread. Mm. I like and, Ed and, Sheeran. Oh, yeah, Ed Sheeran is actually a heck of a songwriter. Um, and I don't mind Pink. I don't have the whole list you gave us memorized. But, you know, the, and I love some of the acts, some of the old-timey acts you're talking about. But, oh, my gosh, there's so much really good music being made right now, and you just don't hear it. Unless it's going to sell a zillion copies to 16-year-olds, it just isn't heard. But... That's the nature of it. You can, you know, as Jack occasionally said to me, why don't you move to a universe where that isn't the case? Now, just in the United States, for uh, StubHub sales, the number one act was, because the tickets are so expensive, Bruce Springsteen doing his uh, solo act on stage on Broadway and talking in between the songs. That became kind of a cultural thing, just from what I can take through the New York Times reading about it, where you've got to be the sort of person that went to Bruce and you have to talk about how great it was. It's just... Part of being it's a New, New Yorker. Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Part of being a New Yorker is you have to do that. Oh, yeah, it'd be too horrifying to admit you hadn't been to it. Oh, yeah. You would immediately get kicked out of that cocktail party. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, I don't know why they're speaking with English I, I don't accents either. in New York, but uh, that's a, <laughs> it's a new thing. They must be Tories. Uh, we <laughs> talked earlier this morning about the utter horrors of the New York Times article on Facebook, and we played you some tape that we ought to touch on again of Mark Zuckerberg before Congress in the spring. Was it just this last spring? Yeah, I think April. Stating things that have been categorically proven false with one tiny little caveat um, by, this, uh, by the New York Times revelations. They are just absolutely hell-bent on... Uh, on uh, taking, exploiting, and sharing our private data with whomever they want, whenever they want, even while they are loudly denying that they're doing that very thing. I don't know why. I've got a blind spot to this. I have trouble believing anybody will look you in the eye and lie. I've always had that problem. Wow. And They um, will. They will. It oh. happens all the time. <laughs> and if somebody says, no, 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 I really mean it, I always think, oh, yeah, you, you couldn't look somebody in the eye and lie. And I just, I just find it hard to believe that Zuckerberg is actually lying when there's no evidence to prove that he's not, and plenty of evidence to prove that he is. <laughs> you know, he's just a liar. Some would say you have a kind and generous soul. Some would say you're a sap. I don't apparently, know. apparently, yeah. From the yeah. beginning, do you think, or did it just, it just became a deal where he was going to become a billionaire, and crowds were cheering him, and it took off, and he just went with it because he's soulless or something. I think there's some of that. He also employs, you know, I don't know how many people worldwide, and there are, you know, there's a tremendous uh, responsibility he probably thinks he has to keep Facebook healthy. 
play, as play, an enterprise. Play both of Zuckerberg clips again uh, from him testifying back in April. They now seem ridiculous in light of this New York Times article that came out over the weekend. This is the most important principle for Facebook. Every piece of content that you share on Facebook, uh, you own, and you have complete control over who sees it and, and how you share it, and you can remove it at any time. <laughs> are you, are you <laughs> willing to give me more control over my data? Senator, as someone who uses Facebook, I believe that you should have complete control over your data. So that's my favorite one, where he, he asks, oh, I can't believe you even asked me that question. Oh, Senator. my gosh. Sir. Oh, my gosh. As a Facebook user myself, everyone has complete control over their data. I, the, the idea that you suggested, I'm, I'm feeling faint, that you suggested that we would misuse your data. I just, oh, I've never been accused of such a thing. All right. And, well, and Congress went along with him, more or less. Sure. Believed yeah. his crap. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, Facebook was sharing the most private of your data, from your private messages to your friend lists uh, and everything else they wanted to, with a long list of tech giants, even even years after, or years, yeah, years after they'd said specifically they weren't doing that. So I don't, I, you know, I don't even have much of an interest in hearing from uh, Sheryl Sandberg or Mark Zuckerberg or the people from Google. I don't even want to hear what they say anymore. What's the point? You know, it's like yeah, walking, why, why, walking, why, is, why is anybody asking me anymore, them anymore since they just lie all the time? Right. Why didn't you walk through the cell block of a prison and ask, hey, who's innocent here? <laughs> and see if anybody raises their hand. Come on. I wonder if there'll be enough uh, public pressure grow up to where... Either we change the laws about your your info as your private property, or there's any um, you know penalties, any any going after Facebook for lying in front of Congress. Oh man, I would love to see that. I mean, you got old General Flynn who allegedly told inexplicable lies about things that weren't a crime while not under oath, and he's facing possible prison time for that. Then you've got somebody going up before Congress on Capitol Hill looking not only our Congress idiots and our senators in the face, but the American people, and, and either, either lying or being so incredibly lawyerly that they might as well be lying. Um, and there's no repercussions whatsoever. It's just an interesting contrast. So does Zuckerberg, again, I keep trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I have no idea why, because I don't like him. Um. But in his mind, is he looking at it like a lawyer? Because this is what bothers me. The bothers me about lawyers. They they are perfectly comfortable with as long as it's legal, it's it's okay and true. Doesn't matter whether it makes any sense or is understand understood or anything. So is Zuckerberg looking at it like a lawyer, where technically it is true that you agreed to this and you don't have to agree to it. So what I'm saying is perfectly true, even though in reality it's not true because nobody understands what the hell it is. Well, right, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. De so do you think that's what he's doing? Jure, you yeah. think you think he sleeps well at night, feeling like I'm being as open and honest as I can? You have complete control over your data, which is technically true, but not true in reality. Is that well, is that what's going on with him? Well, yeah, you have complete control of your data. You have two choices: use Facebook or don't use Facebook. Um, it, but if you use Facebook and do what you must do to. Uh, use it, which is sign or click the agreements and the rest of it. No, you don't have any control whatsoever. So yeah, it's it's an incredibly lawyerly response. Um, he's a hardball player. He's he is a serious, nasty hardball player. He is Ty Cobb uh, sliding in with his spikes high. He's Pete Rose 
Um, he just, he he just hap- that, happens to be in a child's body with a child's voice. That howdy doody look of a senator? Yeah, place, place. That, that whole innocent young lad straight from the dorms act is hilarious to me at this point. God, I hope he gets his come up and say, that, that's, that's, you know, that's a, a, not a good part of my personality. That I want to see Zuckerberg laid low, I guess. But I do. I would really enjoy. He's got so much money in the bank, he'll always be super rich. But he could go from having $5 billion to a hell of a lot less. And well, certainly, and never be cheered again on any stage anywhere in the world. I would love that. I can join you on that part. But when you have Facebook and Google spending what they spend on lobbying, I mean, they're spending zillions of dollars. That's the answer to the question, why don't we have some sort of European legislation cooking in Congress right now? European-style legislation about you owning your data. We'd have to adapt it for, you know, America and America's needs. But the fact that it's not way down the line, I think, is a testament to the power of their lobbying. Well, Zuckerberg's putting his name on hospitals and stuff around. I, I, I want it to get to the point that you wouldn't want his name on something because it's got a bad smell to it. It might already be there. You wouldn't want the Zuckerberg hospital wing. Because who wants to be associated with Mark Zuckerberg? Um, we got a lot more on the way. Some more end-of-the-year lists we could hit you with, among other things. Another Republican who really hates Trump's idea of getting out of Syria... Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My son was concerned it was a robot. He thought it looked like a robot arm. Then he thought it was some sort of mutant of some sort. That was my first guess, too. Uh, Aliens, and then he finally went with, it's just a cloud, Dad. With the light in the sky last night. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but we're still trying to figure out what it is. Latest thing Marshall's heard is they're claiming it's a meteor. Of course, that could be a lie. I mean, honest to God, this isn't crazy person talk, is it? That the military has got to do various things that they don't tell us about. They test missiles and defense programs and stuff without announcing it to the world. Of course they do. They should. Is that crazy person talk? Well, if you were to talk to the late Charles Manson, he were to say, I believe when the supply increases, that depresses prices. (laughs) Now, is that crazy person talk? (laughs) I hear what you're saying. Okay. So I'm uh, having dinner with Charles Manson. He says, am I crazy or is it hot in here? Yeah, exactly. That old joke. So Jerry Brown, who is the uh, four-term governor of California... He was Twice. the youngest governor of California and the oldest governor of California. Good and, move, California. <laughs> and according to some reports, he is uh, in the late stages of syphilis, which has affected his uh, mental health. I've never heard anybody report that other than you. <clears throat> Broadcast reports have claimed. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> but at any rate, he gave a big um, uh, kind of farewell address. It was an hour-long speech at a Sacramento uh, at a ballroom. He was... Uh, the L.A. Times, George Skelton uh, was moderating it, and he had various uh, scribes and thinkers about it. And he gave essentially a farewell address. <clears throat> he was, as Jerry Brown can be at times, remarkably unguarded. Now, keep in mind, this is a guy who still has $12 million, I think it is, in campaign bribes. I mean, <laughs> contributions um, that he's going to spread around to make sure his legacy continues, such as it is. But 
he made a number of really interesting uh, disclosures slash uh, pieces of advice in the speech that nobody is paying attention to. I was hit uh, by a friend of mine who's super active in this stuff. But uh, tip number one, avoid overexposure. He was asked if he learned anything from his dad, who was the state's governor in the uh, 50s and 60s. He said, the one thing I learned was not to have an open-ended press conference every week. Why? Because reporters have the nasty habit of calling you out when you contradict yourself. It's hard to be consistent in the face of an ever-complex, ever-unfolding story. So just don't be accountable uh, to the press. you got to love it when politicians are honest. And we all know this is true. And by the way... How can you be proud of a democracy where a guy's dad is governor and then the son is uh, governor twice? I mean, come on. Of all the people in a giant state. Tip number two, don't try to make everyone happy, which, you know, sounds self-evidently true. And I get that. Ah, but wait, there's more. Ever since uh, running in 1974 on the promise to introduce an era of limits, he's cultivated his reputation as willing to block his party's big spending tendencies. Um... Which is fine. Actually, this part I like. Uh, the idea you're going to make people happy and build a lot of support by doing a lot of stuff, frankly, it turns out there's a downside. You have to be careful. But the flip side of that is do try to make some people happy. Um, he paid tribute So if to you're the, in politics, do try to make some people happy. Huh. Well, it's what he means specifically. Brown paid tribute to the wisdom of quid pro quo. In politics, you should take care of your friends. He noted that both the president of the California Public Utilities Commission, ah, those are the guys who held up a useful fire danger map for nine years, uh, and Rose Byrd, former chief justice of California's court system, started out working for his various campaigns. Loyalty is important. Keep the meritocracy within limits. In other words, don't go for the best and brightest. Reward people who are most loyal to you. Um, politics is a difficult business, he said. You need to raise massive sums of money from people who all want something. And if you give it to them directly, you'll go to jail. But if you don't give them to it, in, if you don't give it to them in some form, you won't be elected to the next office. So wow. you square that circle. Wow. Well, it's true. Wow. I mean, it's we true. all know that, but a 16-year governor saying out loud, look, you can't give it to them directly or it's a bribe. So you have to find a way around that but give them what they want for their money that they donated. Right. We so, all know that's true. It's just somebody saying it out loud is unbelievable. It's okay to be bribed. Just preserve enough plausible deniability you don't go to jail for it. That's good advice, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mayor, sir, or Mr. Uh, Governor, sir. Well, there's one area where I'm definitely not naive in, in that I don't believe that all these companies, people, organizations give money to politicians because they don't think they're going to get something in return. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. And uh, you get, I'm not trying to reorder the universe, you know, move the stars up uh, about in the sky until I'm happy. My point is just understand what's going on here. It's not you, the people. It's, uh, they're, they're utopian-sounding schemes. That's not what they're actually after. What these people are really, really good at, and it would be fun to sit in the meetings because I like a guy who likes, uh, I am a guy, rather, who likes crafting an argument. I enjoy turning a phrase. And so I would like to be in the meeting where the lobbyists, the bribers, are saying to the, uh, the uh, dogs that they have on their chain, the politicians, saying, listen, we need you to give us this much so we can distribute it to our members. Let's cook up something that sounds high-minded and honorable, and, uh, and, and then we'll sell it to the voters as high-minded and honorable, and uh, 
but in effect, the only reason it actually exists is to route money, taxpayer money, into our pockets. So let's get started. Anybody have any ideas? How about a bullet train? A bullet train would be great. You know, people like uh, affordable housing. Affordable housing. Now we're on to something. Then they pass some giant scheme with vague laws, and they all spend the money. Yeah, well, I just want the voters to be aware that that's what's going on. Um, but thanks uh, to my buddy Dave for hipping me to that speech. You're going you're to take a ton of money from people who want something. You can't give it to them directly, or that's a bribe. So you got to find a way to give it to them without. Uh, you got to square that circle. Okay, it's good to hear out loud. Sean, how long is that Bob Corker clip that we and came can up you with? imagine? I'm sorry. Can you imagine if Donald Trump said, "Listen, people gave me an extraordinary amount of money. I got to find a way to give them what they want." Would that not be on the front page of every single paper in America right now? Well, I was more struck by the whole loyal thing. You, you, you appoint people that you were with you at the beginning, so they'll be loyal to you. I mean, Trump's been accused of that over and over again. Is that just being horrific? Loyalty oaths and that sort of stuff, the sort of thing a king does. Jerry Brown just explained that's the way you do it. Right, exactly. And, of course, in the uh, kowtowing uh, California press, which is, you know, it's as liberal as the American press, except Times California, um, he's just been uh, hailed as a sage and praised for his speech and the rest of it. So here's Bob Corker, Senator Tennessee. you gotta, uh, you got to know he's a Trump hater for, from way back, but he didn't like Trump's Syria uh, announcement yesterday, and this is what he had to say. I've never seen a decision like this since I've been here in 12 years where nothing is communicated in advance. And all of a sudden, um, this type of massive decision uh, takes place. So that is a uh, comment more on the process. He's also just against the policy in general. He doesn't like the idea of pulling out of Syria. And so uh, Mike Lyons, our military strategist, was on earlier and talking about the foreign policy class of uh, Washington, D.C., and how they are, you know, they're just sowing the idea of the status quo and that sort of stuff. There's a book out right now called The Hell of Good Intentions by Stephen Walt of Cato. America's Foreign Policy Elite and the Decline of the U.S. Primacy. But I saw him on book TV the other day, and he was talking about there are some things you just cannot believe in Washington, D.C. You have to believe these things if you want to be part of the foreign policy class, if you want to keep your job. Things like fighting terrorism, always good, anywhere in the world. All, Israel's always right. He went through a long laundry list of things. He said, if you believe all these things, you can have a job, make a living, stay around here forever. If you go against any of these things ever, you'll be out of work. So people go along with him because you'll be out of work if you're not. And that's sort of what Mike Lyons was talking about, is you have to be on board with this military interventions in all these different places because that's just the prevailing wisdom. And actually, I think I can address the weird process of it, too. Donald Trump has been saying he wanted to get our guys out of Syria for a very long time. He ran into the permanent foreign policy apparatus and the conventional thinking. And as recently as weeks ago, they managed to, I'm guessing, browbeat him into staying the course. But he just finally had enough, so he tweeted it. Nope, that's it. We're out. Shocking the establishment. Went completely around them. Right. We're not going to have a meeting about this. This is what we're going to do. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, budget deal in trouble. Trump huddling with GOP leaders and Turkish threats against Kurds in Syria prompting panic. Oof. On the way next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. It just keeps coming. Somebody brought moose poppers. Oh, my God. 
Bro, what? Moose poppers. Oh my god! Which sounds like, like a, jalapeno poppers. But sounds like a slur you'd use against Canadians. <laughs> a bunch of moose poppers. Got some oh, moose poppers easy. moved in down the end of the street. I'm never gonna be <laughs> never gonna be able to sell my house now. Um, Seal squeezers. <laughs> the moose moose poppers. They're like a shot glass full of chocolate moose, or there's a couple of different Ooh. kinds of moose there. Um, hey, Rocky. Oh. Hey, Rocky. <laughs> what you pull around the head? Look at the um, variety of moose. Yeah, so moose poppers They're are... very uh, good. Hanson just got, like, his third one. I, I'm, I'm like the stock market used to be. I'm yeah. setting a new record for weight every day when I get on the scale. Hey, you thought wow. yesterday was good. Wait till you see today. So I'm trying to stay away from this, but people have got to stop bringing food to work. What is the point? Anyway, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is meeting with some House Republicans this hour with the specter of a partial government shutdown coming up. In a statement, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said the president does not want to go further without border security, which includes steel slats or a wall. She noted that Trump continues to weigh his options. Democratic House Leader Nancy Pelosi weighing in on this. Republicans are in a state of disarray. We don't know what will happen next. State of disarray. Oh, be quiet, you old witch. What? Wow, that's true. That was, you know, that was not serious analysis. That was just anger. Yeah, I would I would not call that serious analysis. Shut up, you old witch. More lashing out than anything. <laughs> One quarter of the federal government's going to run out of money late tomorrow night. One quarter of the federal government. The Senate passed a short-term spending extension last night. The bill's on the House calendar today, but that has been stopped for now. The bill does not include any funding for the massive border wall, which uh, President Trump has been demanding, and something Louisiana Republican Senator John Kennedy had mentioned earlier. My Democratic friends, they're entitled to have their own positions. They were salivating over this bill. Border walls work. I don't think we're going to get the funding for the border wall. The president's going to have to make a decision. I don't think it would be wise to shut down government. I think we're just going to have to try to live to fight another day. Yeah, but that's what always happens on yeah. immigration, on debt, on everything. It's always, well, we'll deal with this. Well, let's, let's all agree we need to fund the government and keep it open, and then we'll deal with Social Security or the debt limit or in March, immigration. October, in October, in, in a year, in the two years, years, 10 years, 50 years, right. Unbelievable. Thousands of Syrians have gathered outside the headquarters for the U.S.-led coalition in northern Syria protesting Turkish threats of an imminent, uh, imminent offensive. The protesters are demanding a clear stance from the coalition on threats by the Turkish president to strike at U.S.-backed Kurdish fighters in northern Syria and hit them soon. If the Kurds start getting wiped out by the Turks, a lot of people are going to blame Trump for that. Meanwhile, President Whether that's fair or not. Yeah, I know. That is a tough one. A really yeah, tough one. It is. I guess Erdogan was on the, you know, and this is reported in the major media. Who knows if it's true? But uh, Erdogan was on the phone to the president saying, look, we're a NATO ally. The Your Kurdish buddies are friends with the PKK. That's a terrorist organization. They blow stuff up in my country. What are you doing picking them over a NATO ally? And allegedly that helps sway uh, the president's decision. Trump's move to turn the page on Syria is raising questions about whether he might not do the same in Iraq or Afghanistan. The director of intelligence planning at the think tank, the Institute for the Study of War, says that if Trump is willing to walk away from Syria, it's legitimate to ask whether he would do it elsewhere. 
From the New York Times, David Sanger's article on this, which is the best one I've read, American forces cannot alter the strategic balance in the Middle East and should not be there, was fundamentally shared as an idea by his immediate predecessor, Barack Obama. So Trump and Barack Obama both agree, it would seem, that we can't change what's going on in the Middle East really anyway. Um, What are we doing? Which I understand that argument a lot. I'm not sure sure the damn Middle East would look much different if we weren't near as involved over the last 20 years as we have been. I think the choices are probably gigantic, massive, history-changing intervention. Or just, you know, let it lie for a while. See what happens. Well, remembering where you parked your car in a large lot can be indeed very tricky. A poll of a couple thousand drivers found over a third say they regularly forget where their car is parked. I do more often than I'd like to admit. I do that a lot. Yep. They say on average they lose their vehicle once a month. (laughs) I'm pretty much only at concerts and sporting events, though. I don't like really at the mall or something like that. Most common places to forget where they park? Yes. Concerts. Airports. And in some uh, city uh, parking lots, it, it's places where you lose your frame of reference if you don't come out the same exit you right. went into. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. So right. you think, oh, no, I, I, I turn right here, and then all of a sudden you're just in a different quadrant yeah. of the parking lot. At the lot. mall, right. I can right. remember, I entered where the Starbucks is. Yeah. But sure, the right. sports arena, every exit looks exactly the same, and then it's a sea of asphalt and cars. Every and direction. positive, Sean, am I wrong on this? Yeah. The minute you walk in and you say, okay, section 208's that way. No, what? no, it's shorter that way. At that moment that you turn one, Right. Then the right. other, you've lost your orientation <laughs> right. and you're doomed. You might as well have put your head on a baseball bat and spun around in circles like they do with the halftime entertainment <laughs> show exactly. sometimes. Exactly. Right. And then if you drive a, like, silver F-150 like I do, and every third car is one of those, <laughs> right. it makes it even harder to find. Right. Forbes has come out with its list of the highest paid comedians of 2018. We got the top five for you, okay? From fifth, They better be funny. From fifth to first. Ricky Gervais, He's $25 hilarious. million. Dollars. There you go. Then Chris Rock, he came in with $30 million. Very funny. Third highest paid comedian on the list, Dave Chappelle with $35 million. In second place, you have Oscar host refuser Kevin Hart. <laughs> he made $57 million Ooh, this year. Well, that's why he doesn't care. You don't want me for your $100,000? Okay, fine. And the highest paid comedian of 2018, Mr. Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with being insanely wealthy? So now it's Seinfeld, Chappelle, and uh, and uh, Chris Rock. Those are all pretty much being propped up by their gigantic $20 million yep. piece Netflix special sure. deals. Yep. Uh, I am a little disappointed when you get to the second half of the top ten. There's two ventriloquists on the list. I probably shouldn't bother me as much as it does. Really? <laughs> You're just jealous. And uh, the number ten comedian is a comedian by the name of Sebastian Maniscalco. He is the funniest comedian you, you people probably have never heard of. I I, I've seen him four or five times. He yeah. is make your face hurt laugh. I will Google that today. He is, he is hilarious. I will, what was that name again? Sebastian, Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, perhaps we can post that list at armstrongandgetty.com. But not the ventriloquist. Yeah, we'll yeah, <laughs> block them out. <laughs> All right, that is the wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation. All right, Squawky, fly fly free.
That's a good slice of America right there. You got your top ten comedians and two of them are ventriloquists. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Huh? So, you know, I've got one bad spinner on there. The bad mouthing should end now because I'm sure Jeff Denham's one of the two. Sure, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He's brilliant. Man, yeah, I got to admit, I, I hey. just don't want my comedy coming out of a uh, ventriloquist. Being doing. funny without a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, be funny at all. Oh, that was be, a heckle. Be funny without a puppet. <laughs> uh, the petering out is coming up next. We should remind you that the last show of the Armstrong and Getty calendar year is tomorrow, in which we will have clips of the year, which is always fantastic. I look forward to that a lot. That's tomorrow on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Puppets are human beings, too. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. This is from their catalog. They put a white model in a Black Panther Wakanda Forever sweater. And they didn't just use a white model. They used the whitest model in the world. And... Of course, because everyone is outraged now at all times, people flipped out about this online. A lot of people called it offensive. But who is this offensive to? Wakandans? If so, I have a newsflash. Wakanda is not a real place. Basically, what happened is a white man wore a sweater with the name of an imaginary country on it. An imaginary country that was made up by a white man, by the way. Is it possible to appropriate a culture that does not exist? Huh? Invented wow. by a white guy. You know, I hear something like that from a guy like Jimmy Kimmel, and I think there's hope for sanity. It's a very good point. But Forever 21 pulled that uh, ad and apologized, as you must do, apparently. Um, by the way, we've been beating up on Mark Zuckerberg appropriately all morning long. It was just a couple of weeks ago at the San Francisco Board of Supervisors meeting that at least one supervisor argued for removing Mark Zuckerberg's name from San Francisco General Hospital. He had donated, Zuckerberg had donated so much money that it was now Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg General Hospital. Um, and the Board of Supervisors took up at least the meeting a couple of weeks ago of taking his name off there. Because of what we knew then. We know a lot more now since that New York Times article over the weekend, so hopefully that movement will be resurrected to take the guy's name off the hospital. Why would you think that? Don't you want to walk into, if you're going to walk into a hospital, if it's named after somebody, it either better be somebody I've never heard of, or if I have heard of them, I better get a positive feeling for them. And who's getting a positive feeling out of the name Mark Zuckerberg at this point? Well, hang on there. While I appreciate your populist rant, as usual, if the guy gave $100 million, to the hospital with the agreement that it would be the Mark Zuckerberg wing of the whatever. And they agreed to that, and little kids are getting treated. Unless the guy is like, and listen, I, I've said terrible things about Mark Zuckerberg. But I, it's not like he's... I don't think anybody ever gives money with... Do they you give money with the agreement they're going to name it after, or they just do yeah. it out of kindness? That's part no. of the agreement? Yeah, it's called Rich Man's Graffiti. Yeah. The, yeah, you I agree thought they just did everything. I didn't think you put that in writing. That seems so unseemly. Oh, I, just, I think that's the way it works. I always just assumed that it was just kind of like a, you know, 
obviously that's what we'll do since you gave us a billion dollars. But the way to put it in writing seems awful icky. Well, anyway, uh, the Board of Supervisors looked at pulling his name off there, which I'd be all for because I'm not taking my kid to the Mark Zuckerberg wing of the hospital. Who knows what they're going to do? Harvest their organs? Okay. Sell them to the Chinese? There you go. Okay. Boo. Um, I got some more people standing up for Trump and his policy in Syria. Maybe we'll get to that tomorrow, including some real heavyweights in uh, Middle Eastern policy. MSNBC is unbelievable. I'm telling you, if you don't watch it, you should. Watch the first five minutes of Brian Williams every night. It's unreal. Watch the first segment of Morning Joe every morning. It's unbelievable. And Mika, Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough were doing their... Can you believe this? I mean, this is just, even by Trump's standards, this is unbelievable. Pulling out of Syria just to try to deflect from the Cohen and Flynn investigation. Oh, it's just, no. it's just so awful that this is happening. Oh. I mean, it's just, how are, how's the democracy going to survive this? And there are plenty of people, as we've heard from this morning, including the former ambassador to Syria, in fact, the most recent one under Obama, who thinks, yeah, this is an absolutely good idea. There's no fixing Syria. It's up to Syria to fix itself. We shouldn't be there. Now, maybe he's wrong, but he was the ambassador to Syria. He's not a crackpot who's just trying to s- save Trump's hide. Well, right, Obama's ambassador to Syria. Then you've got the Cato Institute, which does not, uh, trust me, they weren't getting up this morning thinking, how can we cover up for the Michael Cohen sentencing or the uh, Michael Flynn sentencing? I know, wait a minute, let's advocate to the president. he pull out of Syria. No, they're staunchly in favor of this. They think it, that's an idiotic assertion. I mean, that's just, that is just flat idiotic. God, do people believe this stuff? There's something of that level of, oh, my God, uh, coming out of, you know, Trump land every single day. I mean, literally the last 365 days in a row, I'm sure you could find, oh, he's just doing that to distract from the, and fill in that blank with ease. It's just dumb. Uh, I'm trying to read up on the San Francisco general naming the hospital after Zuckerberg thing, see if it was in writing. Private donations in exchange for naming rights to public institutions. $75 million donation made by Zuckerberg and his wife. Uh, Peskin, the um, city supervisor, is arguing for taking his name off it. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. I'm with you, Peskin. You and me. Where do you want to march? I'll march. I just want the sick children treated, Jack. Not with Zuckerberg's name over it. Petty ego battles. Harvesting organs is what he's doing. You going to tell me if Zuckerberg couldn't turn a buck by selling the kidneys the people of Oregon's harvested, he wouldn't do it to the Chinese? Now that's an allegation. <laughs> Allegedly. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Wow. Let the record show that was Jack Armstrong <laughs> making that allegation. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad to wrap up the show. It's a steamed newsman, Marshall Phillips. Marshall? Well, I'm showing off my winter wear. I've got my sub-pop uh-huh. mitt cap on, my Patagonia gold jacket, my Gore-Tex gloves, and my L.L. Bean duck boots. You look you look fantastic. If you're, are area. you going to Antarctica? It might be 45 degrees where you're going, you realize. Yes, but I'm, in, I'm dressing in layers. I can always <laughs> strip down, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. Just as long as you're not wearing a Wakanda sweatshirt, Whitey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Yeah, I posted the list of the top ten earning, com- I'm sorry, top eight earning comedians of the past uh, past year. I will not acknowledge the puppet jockeys. <laughs> oh. Oh. Puppet jockeys. Oh. I included a clip of Sebastian Maniscalco, who I encourage everybody to seek out should he ever come to a town near I you. I will. 
Sounds like he might be a Russian. <laughs> Puppet jockeys. Michelangelo, your final thought. Well, tomorrow is easily my favorite day of the year. The last A&G show you know, of this year, and I got a great gift. I think I think I really was clever with the gift exchange this year. Yeah, it's the end of the Armstrong and Getty fiscal year. Yeah. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Jack, do you have a final thought? Uh, I do. I, I greatly look forward to the clips of the year for a variety of reasons. It's usually funny, interesting, touching, whatever. And then to remember all the things that happened in the last year. And you think, holy crap, that wasn't 10 years ago. That was this year. All right. good stuff. Yep. My final thought is I've got to zoom off to the doctor to have the staples from my surgery removed. I hope they don't use the staple removers like you do in the office because that would hurt like fire. Do you, do you have a number on how many staples? I think it's like 13. Or seems 15. like enough. Baker's dozen. I like that it. Seems like enough. Yeah, really? They pull them out with those little metal things? That's what they do? Yeah. I hope Ouch. not. Arm, yes, John's John's got one right there. That looks out here. Armstrong and, <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, the Clips of the Year show is tomorrow. So I hope you can tune in to the Armstrong and Getty show. We'll see you then. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. Bye-bye. We're in war in too many places. We've been at war for too long. Armstrong and Getty.